I want to start with a corny joke. There was a, a great general who was up against a really big odds, and he had a, a group of people that were coming in ships to invade the land, and uh, there's, there are about one to 10 odds, so there's 100, 100 ships coming with 100 people, and there's about 1,000 people to fight his army of 100 people. And so he told this sergeant, he said, go get me my red shirt. And the sergeant said, okay, and he got his red shirt, and the general rode out on a horse and led his troops to win the war. And so later on, the sergeant said, why did you want your red shirt? And he said, well, because if I were to be shot or stabbed, I didn't want my troops to know that I was hurting, that I was in pain, because it would send them into fear. And the sergeant said, wow, that's, that's really good. Except for there's a thousand ships coming to invade the land now. And so the general said, go get me my brown pants. <laughs> brown pants. If you wore brown pants today. All right. <laughs> I get to talk about like one of my favorite subjects, especially in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts today. I get to talk about the beauty of community. The beauty of the community of the church. How many of you are a part of a gym? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay, cool. How many of you are like part of the PTA? Any PTA clubs? Any book clubs? Any book club people? Okay, cool. What about LARPing club? Are you anybody a LARPer in the room? Yes! <laughs> Give it up for them! Woo! We have one. We have a LARPer. What about a chess club? Anybody still in the chess club? No? Were you a part of a chess club? These are all really great clubs. The chamber, junior chamber, a great club. You know, you can be a part of a group of people that are doing the same things, that are excited about the same things that you're excited about. There's kind of this, uh, you just kind of dip in there when, you're, when it's appropriate, and you're kind of like, ah, I can't make that meeting, can't make that meeting, but then you're back at it, you're part of the club. Those are good clubs. I'm part of the LeClaire Car Club. I don't know if you know that. That's how cool I am. Um, yeah, they, they wanted me to take pictures of my car and stuff to be, make sure that I owned a car, I guess. I don't know. I still haven't been to any of the meetings. I haven't been to, to anything that they do whatsoever. But um, yeah, there's different clubs that you can be a part of, different small parts of community that you can, you can jump into here and there. One thing that uh, for me personally is, as we've been reading through the book of Acts, I just realized that this lines up so much with my own personal story because it was really the church community that kept my life saved. You know, it was Jesus who saved my life, but it was really the community of the church, people coming around me that have kept my life saved. Uh, trying to do this on your own is really, really tough. And you have to have people around you and community and praying for you. And, and when you draw lines in the sand, they help you see the other side of the line in the sand. It, it's great to be in community. So my life story is uh, I knew Jesus from a really young age. I knew what he represented. But it wasn't until I had a baby girl and I held her in my arms that I realized like everything about my life 
wasn't about how I can earn God's approval. He actually just loves me and he gives me amazing gifts even when I don't deserve it. And so it like it radically changed my life. I was in the hospital of West, West um, Genesis, Genesis West, holding Ariel in my arms and it radically changed my life. But the thing is, is I left that hospital room to go back to the same exact life that I had. You know, there's a lot of things that were going on in my life. I was living a life of chaos. My life was a complete mess. And so I went back into that. And so I had to repent from the things that were going on in my life. I had to step away from some of the things that I really thought I valued, even friendships. I had to step away from them because they were totally dragging me away from what God had for my life. So I repented, and then I got baptized. And then I just joined a community of people that were also on a journey to follow Christ. I had great mentors in my life. I had amazing people that would spend hours with me after service out in the parking lot talking me through a lot of the things that I was walking through, a lot of the questions I had. And so that's my life story. And you see it in the book of Acts. You have the 12 disciples, the Holy Spirit comes and the entire town hears the Holy Spirit has came, and they're all drawn to this. And then they go, we want what you have. And Peter goes, here's what we have. Jesus is God. Jesus died on a cross for you. And Jesus rose again. And you can have this relationship with them. And so this is what Peter invites everybody into. About three, there's about five to 10,000 people there. And so he invites all these people into this. And then they say, what can we do to have what you have? And Peter says, repent and be baptized and then be filled with the Spirit. And that's what they did. Some of them heard the message and they repented. They got baptized and they were filled with the Spirit. So now you went from 12 disciples to 120 disciples who are gathering together, waiting for the Holy Spirit to come in the book of Acts, to the church just grew from 120 to 3,120. Okay, that's pretty good church growth <laughs> programs. Somebody should write a book on this. This is all you need to do. So the church just grew a ton. And what you're gonna see here is all these people came into this, wanting this relationship with Christ, but knew the value of community. And so it's laid out perfectly for all of us today to see what does it look like to be in community with one another. So there's some passages in the Bible that we can hear, you know, like, oh, that's really good knowledge. It's good for me to know. I know this now, right? This passage, I'm gonna ask you to take off your knowledge cap and go, this is how I can live. This is a passage that you can actually live from. What are you inviting me into, God? How can I live this way? Because this is what the original purpose, the blueprint of the church was supposed to look like. I don't, you can decide whether or not it looks like it today, but uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to go, God, what are you inviting me into to be a part of a community of people? More than the Claire Car Club. I can tell you that right now. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray and we're gonna look at Acts 2.42. So come Holy Spirit. Come in power, God. Just pray for all of our hearts in this room, Lord. We just, we just surrender our, our hearts to you. We just press into what it is that you want to say. Hmm. Yeah, come.
come. Come, Lord. Lord, I just choose to get out of your way as um, it's just this beautiful picture of what community could look like. God, I pray that it would be your words coming from my mouth. I just, <laughs> I'm gonna shelf all my opinions and just choose to just focus on your word, God. Would you teach us? Would, just, would your word just be alive and living right here in this place? Speak to our hearts. Also, just want to prepare the way, God, for any areas of our life that you want to mend that um, for any of us in this room that maybe have been in community for a while or um, any areas that you want to mend, Lord, would you just do it through your word? Hmm. In spirit and truth. So the truth of your word would just ring loud and clear today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Acts 2, 42. It's gonna be up here on the screen. You got a Bible you wanna look at? I'm gonna kind of break this down verse by verse. So verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship of breaking bread and to prayer. So remember, like the group of people just joined the church. They're, this is the church blueprint. It's just getting off the ground. You have the disciples, and you have some people that are a part of that, and now you just added 3,000 to that, and this is what they're doing. Those 3,120 people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and then to each other, and then to the breaking of bread, so receiving communion together, remembering what Jesus did for them on the cross. The apostles' teaching. I want to just talk really quickly about that. Um, the apostles' teaching at this time was talking about Jesus. You know, you got the apostles, you got the 12 disciples. They shared the gospel. Uh, John Wimber, one of my all-time heroes, he said, the meat is in the street. And what that means is like the apostles teaching, imagine you're coming and you're breaking bread and you're part of this church and literally Peter takes the gospel and shares it again and then he shares it again. You're like, is Peter ever gonna talk about anything else but the gospel? No, he's gonna focus on the gospel because gospel's number one importance, that Jesus is God, that he died on a cross and that he rose again, guys. So a lot of times, their meat was the gospel. The, the gospel fed them enough that they, uh, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching that was focused simply on the gospel of Christ. I've heard it said lots of times, like, I need more meat. I need more meat. And I've heard that said, like, not, not only about me, but, but others, you know. But I love John Wimber's quote, the meat's in the street. So like as you're sharing the gospel, as you're living this out, your life will be transformed. It's not always about what you know. It's also about what you're doing. How are you living this out? The meat's in the street. So they devoted themselves to the apostles, but then they also devoted themselves to each other. When's the last time you heard devotion? When is the last time somebody said, I devote myself to you? I am devoted to you. I'm devoted to seeing this through. It's a word we don't use. I'm devoted 
they devoted themselves. My heart's in this. I have skin in the game. My feet are planted. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm devoting myself to the apostles and to each other. Verse 43, it says, And uh, everyone was filled with the awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers had everything in common. They had everything in common. They're filled with all. The apostles are doing things. There's a supporting cast to take care of the needs. So you just raise somebody from the dead. It's also the church's responsibility to take care of the needs of the person who was just raised from the dead. <laughs> right? You see how that can work out in beauty? But then you see that there's this thing of unity. They had everything in common. Commonality is not uniformity. Those are two different things. Those are two different words. And so a lot of times when we think of the word common, they have everything in common, we're thinking about them all doing exactly the same exact thing and having the same exact opinion on everything and having the same exact view on everything. That's not the case. They were all devoted to, they all need Jesus Christ as the center key point of their life. And we all come under the cross. That's what they were, had, that was their commonality. They all needed Jesus. So they had everything in common. They were in unity. They were under the umbrella of the cross. Verse 45 says, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Anyone that had a need, there were people in the church that sold their property and possessions to give to anyone that had that need. The believers were in tune with the needs of other people. Because the Spirit of God was inside of them, that they know that you're in need, I have things that I could sell. So what that looks like is, you know, if you need a lawnmower and you say you're in a, a community group or word gets out in the church, that like so-and-so really needs a lawnmower, they don't have the funds to, well, I have two lawnmowers sitting in my garage what are two lawnmowers doing for me? I could give that to somebody. Or if there's a need, somebody in the church that loses their job, well, I could sell one of these lawnmowers and then give that money as an Amazon gift card to the person in need. So that's what that looks like. But I wanna be very clear on here because what you're seeing here is they sold their property to give to anyone who was in need in the community of the church. And a lot of times the church gets this idea that it's supposed to take care of all the needs. I mean, think of the needs of downtown Davenport, okay? <laughs> There's a lot. So we could partner with that as a church, but our responsibility is to actually care for the needs of people in the body of Christ. Otherwise, there are no funds to take care of the needs of the body, there's no funds. There's, we're just constantly spent taking care of all the needs. As people come into the church, as there's part of the community, you have a need. Man, what do I have to sell? What can I do to help you? Maybe it's not even selling things. Maybe it's just giving. Like somebody needs a couch. I got two couches in my basement. You just moved to town. You need a couch? Okay, well, you can have it. it the dogs are going to be really upset. <laughs> we'll clean it. 
You can care for the needs of others. You're not having to look for these things, but it's actually the body of Christ doing that. You're, in, you're sick. You're at home with COVID. Whose responsibility is that? Number one, can I start here? Let somebody know. <laughs> Seriously, like let somebody know that like, hey, I have needs. And then it's the church's responsibility. Catherine whipped up like how many soups this year? For so many people. Give it up for Catherine. Yeah. But this is what you're seeing here. It's a group of people who care for each other. They love one another. They're caring for each other's needs. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What I want you to hear here is friendship. Friendships. Friends, more than the book club, like deep, lasting friends, sincere hearts, breaking bread with each other in homes. This wasn't organized by Peter. Okay, uh, you're good. Janet, you're gonna be with, uh, it wasn't an organization. It was just, it was a group of friends. They had this common thing that we all need Jesus Christ. And so they invited each other to each other's homes and they were glad in sincere hearts. There was joy, and they were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Why did God add to the number being saved? Because there was joy and the gospel was being shared. God will add to the number of people in community as the community flourishes together and comes together in commonality as the gospel is being presented because God's heart is for people to know the gospel and he's also very passionate about us to know true community because I can be Jesus to you and you can be Jesus to me. And it's more than Sunday morning. It is. It's, it's a lifelong commitment of devotion that we're together. Oh, you need something? I'm there for you. Oh, you're having a rough time? Let me pray for you. So there's a lot of different words I could put as a, a capture of what you see here as this picture. But the main word that I want you to see is honor. It's they honored each other. Devotion and honor are two words we don't use a whole lot. But the disciples had built a culture of honor with Jesus as the cornerstone of their culture. And so you have the disciples that pass that on to 100 people, 120 people. And now you have the 120 people that are passing that on to the 3,000 people. But see, it was great on a real, it was built on a really good system of a culture of honor. The disciples had already had that. Think of the disciples and the gospels. They butted heads all the time. They didn't go anywhere. Have you ever thought about that? The 12 disciples didn't go anywhere. They argued all the time. Jesus would have to get in the middle. Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop fighting. Sons of thunder, like they were, they were fighting guys. Like they loved this stuff. They loved to argue. They had strong opinions, but they didn't go anywhere. They honored one another to see like, that's your opinion, that's fine. Here's my opinion. Jesus, what do you have to say about this? <laughs> They built a culture of honor. In a culture of honor, there's trust. 
you gotta trust people again. In a cultural honor, you gotta trust. So you see this, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Is this really what we're supposed to be focusing on, Peter? Okay, all right, I can go through this again like we're talking about the gospel. That's cool, I trust you. I trust this is the way God's directing you right now. But then they also trusted each other. They trusted each other in the process. There's trust in a culture of honor. The other thing that there is not in a culture of honor is consumerism. It's really hard to be a consumer in the culture of honor. There's no word for consumerism in a culture of honor. It actually gets shelved. This isn't about me anymore. This is about us. How can, how can I be a part of that? Not only like, what can, I, what can I get help with, but also how can I help? I honor you enough that I value your opinion, your needs as much as I value my own. That's beautiful. Could you imagine 3,120 people going, what about me? What about me? How are you gonna take care of my needs? I don't hear that in this. I hear they, they loved each other, they cherished each other. The last thing in a culture of honor is there's unity. I wanna back up because in Acts 2, at the very beginning of this, what happened? The Holy Spirit came and it filled them. There is unity in the Spirit. We can be unified by the Spirit of God to be unified by spirit living inside of us. It's the same thing, it's the same breath that's inside of me, that's inside of you. And so we can be in unity together. You can have needs and I can even sense them by the spirit before you even ask for help. Isn't that beautiful? Have you ever done that? Like you've been around somebody, you're like, you think you're supposed to help them out like some way. That's the Holy Spirit, like trying to stir something inside of you. There's this, there's this likeness, this drawing. So you can just say, you know, I just really feel like I'm supposed to help you. Is there anything I can help you with? Yeah, I need a couch. <laughs> right? Anybody else have a couch they want to get rid of? This unity of spirit. Hmm. I wanna um, just take a quick moment. One, some teaching that I heard the other day was the unity of spirit. So unity is worth fighting for. It's also worth shelving some things that are lines in the sand. I've had to learn that the hard way a lot of times. Like, no, this is my line in the sand. And I've had a lot of people come alongside me, especially when I first started following Jesus. It's not unity. You're not uniting people. You're actually you know, drawing people away. So I heard some really good verbiage. Um, 
if somebody's sharing something with you and instantly you want to react to, I don't agree with that, you know how on your Bible app there's translations? You got the NIV, you got the message, you got all these different translations. Take what they're saying and, and pick out a new translation that goes along with the theology that you have about God or about the situation. And look for God's heart in the situation as opposed to, no, this is my strong opinion on it, and instantly argue it. In a culture of honor, people are really used to listening to one another. <laughs> if you honor somebody, you're going to listen, and you don't always have to share your strong opinion on the situation. You, instead, you can just like tune your ear in and go, okay, like, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I'm looking for Jesus in that. Okay, here's my translation of what they, that's, that's where you're coming from. Man, that, that's hard. You know, I could see where you're coming from. Does that make sense? Turn on a new translation. God's given you a translation of your own heart and your own mind. And so just be in tune with him. And so like you can actually filter what people say. You don't have to always argue it. It's beautiful. You know how many relationships and friendships that'll save? in unity in the church. So this is this beautiful picture that God created with his church. This is a culture of honor. People trust one another. They don't look at it from where can I, what can I get out of the situation, but more or less like what can I bring to this group of people? And they were in unity. The world's looking for this church. People, there's, there's a deep hunger in our heart for deep, lasting relationships and friendships and, and depth. That like, I don't have to wear a mask to come be with you. Like, you know me. You know the, the things that are going on in my life. And, and you're a part of them. We're all looking for that. Introverts and extroverts. <laughs> We all have a hunger for that. So I wanna give you some practical ways that we can live this out as a church. The first way is this, we have community groups. They meet throughout the week. It's a great way to share what's going on in your life. There's different opportunities for you to jump in, be a part of a group. Right now we have groups meeting, but in October we're actually gonna expand that to two more groups because our groups are growing. You know why? Because there's a hunger for this. And so the best way to get involved in a group is just to take connection card and then just uh, mark on there that you're interested in a group and we'll follow up with you. There's also a flyer over there at Guest Central that you can grab after the service. Another way that you can do this is shared resources. Uh, if you got a phone on you and you wanna take out your phone and go ahead and do this on your phone and see that QR code, That'll send you to an actual group. And what this group is, is a place that you can share all the resources that you have. So if you're moving and you're getting rid of bookshelves and these types of things, throw them on there. There might be somebody in the church that could really use this stuff. If you're in need of something, you need a couch, you need a refrigerator, you need a stove, this is a great place to just post on there, hey, we're really looking for this need. You just have a baby and you need a crib. There's people in the church that are just sitting on cribs in their garage. You know, so this is what this is supposed to look like, where we're selling stuff, we're trading stuff, just giving it away. Here you go. 
I do want to be very clear on this, is this is for this community. Um, if it's not for this community, it just turns into like a swap. And like the, the needs of a swap are too big for a community. This is for people that are part of this church. All of you that are sitting here, this is for you. Like get on there, share anything that you need. If you're walking through a tough time and you feel like, man, I just need to like, post on here, like we could really use um, some groceries. Nine times out of 10, there'll be somebody run to all of these and grab you a couple bags of groceries. So like share this stuff. We... <laughs> We can only know if you're in need when you share it. That's the part of like community groups. That's what we're doing here is you're in community, you share that. But if you're not in a community group and you have, have a need to throw it up there, if you have something that you're getting rid of, maybe somebody in the room sitting on four lawnmowers, get rid of three of them. Keep the best one. No. <laughs> Don't keep the best one. Keep the worst one. One more, two more things is, so you got uh, community groups, you got shared resources, and then you got impact teams. So like the different teams that are going on around here. Um, City Kids is growing, thank God. I've been praying for City Kids for a while. It's been hard to get kids back in church. Yeah, give it up, God. We also have a great leader. I mean, Christina is amazing. Have you met Christina? She's amazing, yeah. But we can use your help, you know? We can use the church's help. So you gotta imagine 12 disciples, 120 people to 3,120 people. Some people had to chip in and start helping out, right? And you're gonna see that in the book of Acts as everybody has a part to play. So man, you have a part to play in this church. Be a part of it. Sign up on your connection card, something that you're interested in. Hospitality team, city kids would be great. Uh, Worship team, sound team, prayer team, anything that you're interested in, just sign up on your connection card. I wanna help. I wanna be a part of the body of Christ. That's how this works. And then lastly is this. I'm gonna invite you guys in the trying devotion. Not the morning devotionals. Those are great. Do it. But try being devoted. A lot of times we want to see so much change out of everybody else, and uh, we're, we're looking for like, oh, this is finally a group of people that fit this criteria of what I want to see changed. Majority of time, the Lord's just trying to change something in us. And it's like if you plant a seed over here, and you're like, okay, the seed's kind of growing a little bit. It could grow some more. And you dig it out and you go plant it over here. And it's there for a year and it's kind of growing a little bit. Ah, it's not growing fast enough. And then you take it over here. It, what happens to the seed? It doesn't grow very well, does it? Try being devoted. Here. This is the group of people God's got me around. I'm gonna, you know, share my needs with them. I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna actually live out what it looks like to to share resources with people, to, to walk through life together with people. Try being devoted for a year, for five years, for 10 years, 20 years. Some of you get anxious. <laughs> 20 years. 
of being devoted 50 years. A lot of churches have graveyards next to them. I don't know where I'm going with that. But. <laughs> you see that in the old churches, don't you? They were devoted. Bury me by the church. <laughs> we'll have to plant it. <laughs> They're sticking with the seed analogy very strongly. <laughs> that's where I'm at. We'll have to dig up concrete, but that's okay. That's my story, <laughs> not the concrete story. <laughs> my story is I jumped around a lot. I did, honestly. I, I jumped around a lot looking for this special thing. And it wasn't until I planted both feet somewhere that the Lord did things in me. He wasn't trying to change everybody else. He was trying to change Neil. So sometimes it just takes time. Be okay with that. I'm being devoted. I believe we're all looking for a community. We're all looking for what is it presented here in Acts. It's like, it's beautiful. Who wouldn't sign up for that? Maybe not the selling possessions, but who wouldn't sign up for that? The group of people that are just with you in life. The other day, I just want to end with, I was, I was looking for my phone all over the place. I was walking around, I'm looking for my phone, and I'm like looking on the countertops, and I'm like looking through here and looking through the chairs and stuff, and I realized my phone was in my hand the whole time. <laughs> What'd I do with it? <laughs> I gotta get one of them watches. Yeah. I looked down and my phone's right there in my hand. And I just felt like the Lord was just showing me, you know, that's what I've given you. You know, we're looking for it everywhere else and it's just right there in our hand. It's right there. It's right in front of us. It's the group of people that we're around. And man, God has just been realigning my eyesight to just enjoying where he has me right here in this moment and the people that I'm around. It's just a joy I don't need to look anywhere else. It's right here. It's right here in these seats. It's right here in our community groups. It's here. It's beautiful. I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this beautiful picture that you just painted for us of what it looks like to be in community with one another and the opportunities that you invite us into that are Um, just powerful, deep, lasting relationships. And so, Lord, I just pray for anyone in this room that's just kind of shelf that. Hmm. It, anyone that's just kind of shelf, you know what, Neil? I've tried that before. It didn't work out. Lord, I, I just pray 
that the, the words, your mercies are new every single morning, that those words would just come across loud and clear for all of us in this room. And maybe I've tried some of this in the past and really put ourselves out there, trusted people before, maybe even like went completely out of our way to take care of the needs of others. And it felt like nobody was taking care of our needs. Lord, that we would just take that off the shelf again, just say, you know what, God, I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna try it again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and, and be devoted. I'm gonna put my feet into this. I'm gonna get skin in the game. I'm gonna be a part of this community, what you're doing right here. I just wanna bless that right now in Jesus' name that there just be a blessing over the households of everyone that just, you know what, I'm gonna try it again. Or maybe it's the very first step. I'm gonna take the very first step in just being a part of a community I wanna do that, I wanna put my heart into it. Lord, I just wanna bless that effort, God, that you just meet us right in the middle of that. Lord, you give us the strength and the power. Pray for your presence to just be alive and living in our hearts as we just step out and we just say, you know what, we're gonna trust. We're gonna, we're gonna be part of a community. Just bless it, Lord.